0: All right, welcome in to a special edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview. No RJ today, although he he does contribute because we're going to use some of our straight out of Vegas audio.
1: We got RJ, yeah, just yeah. for the show.
0: Um, but RJ and I had—I'm AJ Hoffman. He is Steve Fezzik. Uh, Mackenzie Rivers still in with us today, and we had a good discussion today because the division odds were released for the NFL. And listen, anytime we get to talk NFL, that's what I'm looking to talk about. So we talked about a couple teams, why they were moving the way they were, some teams that maybe I was surprised didn't move, and and we didn't get into everything because we decided to break it up a little bit more. But we're going to give you what we talked about today, and then Fez and I are going to discuss it on the other side. So here you go. Here's RJ and I's discussion from Wednesdays straight out of Vegas on Fox Sports Radio. Vegas lead today, the NFL division odds being released. And I really want to take a look at how th- this season's odds compare to last season's. And if this is, you know, when when we talk about looking at the NFL season, we it's always comparing apples to apples. Hopefully, and but oftentimes it's hard to do that. With these opening odds, we get exactly what's happened from this time last year to to this time now.
2: Okay, the, the, so
3: I, I think you're making a good point, but let's clarify is. What you're saying is fundamentally teams change. Some change a lot. Some change a little. Tampa Bay, for example, between the Super Bowl and the next year didn't change very much at all. And you're thinking is, hey, if we look at the odds, opening division odds, compare them to the assumptions at the end of last year— then we can say, huh, this is the pricing change due to the changes. Like, New Orleans has a new coach or whatever. So we're going to identify the big moves and say what caused them and see if we agree with them. Is that is that fair to say?
0: That's exactly what I'm looking at awesome. here. And of the eight divisions, there are five teams that are favored versus the field, which means they have a minus money. Uh, there, that means there are three divisions where there are plus money across the board. Now, I want to ask you, as the Vegas expert, what's the the hold like on bets like these? Are these bad bets for the betters?
3: OK, so the standard bet in sports betting, as most listeners know, because some listeners listen for the money, some listen to no more than their buddies, but they're all pretty much aware, hey, minus 110, minus 110, that's the typical VIG when you want to lay a spread, you know, spread is Super Bowl. Let's uh, minus what, what, what was the Super Bowl spread this year? I'm having a mental block. Rams it,
4: ended up four. And a yeah, half yeah, you're three. right.
3: It, it fell to four, right? Yeah. So Rams were four. I, I'm just trying to block out that the Rams won, to be honest. The Rams <laughs> by four. But if you wanted to bet, bet the Rams, it was minus four, minus one ten. If you took the dog plus four, minus one ten. That's a twenty cent straddle. That's about a five percent hold, a little less than five percent hold. Now. In a typical future bet like the Super Bowl, all right, Super Bowl futures, the hold can be 30, 40% in that range. Now, some books are more, you know, less uh, egregious in the hold they take, but most aren't. And and what's the difference? Why would it be, you know, eight times as much upwards as five percent versus forty? It's cause it's not obvious what the hold is. Because if you have, let's say, four possible teams as we have to win a division. And if you put every team at even money, yeah, that would look kind of funny. But in truth, the hole there would be gigantic, right? If you put every team at six to one, it would actually be where there's a positive, you know, pool, which they, they, they would never do. So where they calibrate that in future pools In division pools is not as obvious, but the more teams there are, the less obvious it is. So typically with the whole league in a pool like the win a title, they're going to have a higher VIG because it's harder to see it versus four teams because you're going to eyeball and say, well, three to one would be right if all these teams were even. Think about that. If there's no VIG and we were just flipping coins to win the division, each of the four teams would be three to one. And, th- and that means three teams would lose, one team would win, it would be exactly break-even. Well, they're not going to give you 3-1. to one. The amount they give you is going to be less than that, and it's more obvious with four teams than it is with 30 or 32, and thus there's going to be less VIG than the future pools like the Super Bowl, but more VIG than minus 110, minus 110. So when you look at
0: these odds, there obviously you're, you know who some of the the big movers are going to be. We talked about Cincinnati being uh, one of the the biggest long shots preseason to make it to a Super Bowl. Joe Burrow mania sweeping the nation. The Bengals, the biggest mover in the odds before twenty twenty one, they were twenty two to one to win their division. <laughs> Now they are plus one hundred and fifty, the favorites. They're, they're better in the than AFC twenty-two. North.
3: They're better than twenty-two to one to win the Super Bowl. The Bengals.
0: Yeah, they were. That was twenty-two to one to, to win their division last year. The Ravens take a drop. Obviously, they were plus one hundred and twenty last year. Plus two hundred now. The Browns plus 200 last year they're plus 310 now the biggest dropper though the your Pittsburgh Steelers they were plus 260 a year ago plus 700 this year is this an overreaction to what we saw from the Bengals in 2021
3: almost certainly the only question is how big of an overreaction we're talking about we know it's a mistake how big of a mistake is it I would make the following case. One, those odds tell us, and do me a favor, just read the odds uh, of just this year's odds right now, and this is just released to win the AFC North. Bengals
0: plus 150, the favorites. Ravens 2-1. to one, Browns plus
3: 310. Steelers 7-1. to one. So three teams clustered, Steelers last. First thing I see there is Big Ben was considered valuable Because otherwise, what part of this team is really all that different? T.J. Watt signed. The key, you know, Najee Harris still on a rookie deal, obviously, year two. This is a big statement about Mason Rudolph. It's a statement about Big Ben, even though his 18th year was still valuable in the eyes of Vegas. Even though I'm not sure how true that was, that's what the market thought. (laughs) Number two, what I see is a Bengals team that – easily could have missed the playoffs. I mean, we forget that. I mean, it was – if, if in fact, Mackenzie, see if you can pull up – because we do the week-to-week. Like, there was a point the Bengals to win the division, uh, even in week 15, 16, would have been pretty significant underdogs, I think. They won – obviously, week 18, they sat. But I'm thinking back even in week 15, even 16, it wasn't a short thing. It wasn't close to a short thing since he would make the playoffs or win the division. And then it's a couple of games, right? Remember the KC game in which they could have easily lost the first time around, (laughs) down by 14, right? And then they had, if I recall, was it the, I think it was the Ravens again, and maybe that was flipped. I think it was Ravens, then KC. And listen, the Ravens are as beat up as any team in memory last year they were, as beat up as any team in memory. So to me, right away, if if you tell me fade one, uh, team and back one team, bet one team. I'm betting the Ravens. I'm fading the Bengals. And it's almost a perfect storm because the Bengals were so differently valued now because of the uh, run at the end of the year. And the Ravens were so affected by injuries. Injuries are something that obviously reverses itself for the next year. And the Bengals' winning streak, there's nothing about it other than a little experience that necessarily crosses over to the next year. Yeah, the top
0: four cap hits for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters all miss significant time in 2021. So I'm with you. I, I think the the values on the the Bengals are out of whack. I think the Ravens you're getting real value. The Steelers is the, the interesting question to me because it, one of two things has to be true either because we all know Ben was a bottom five quarterback by QBR, I'm PFF. Not sure.
3: or, okay, QB, but let's just say Big Ben would I mean the market said otherwise. Let's and just out of respect now cuz he's retired. So it's it's all good <laughs> cost any money. Let's say he was uh, low 20s.
0: Okay, so well, here's my question then. Were they overvalued last year at plus 260, or are they undervalued right now? Because I, I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is worth you know, 44, 44 cents. That doesn't no, make sense no. to me.
3: Okay, so one thing right off the go. Pittsburgh is one of the most popular teams in the NFL. So there's going to be a bias toward people are going to default to thinking the Steelers are really good. Now, don't forget Tomlin had never had a losing season, still doesn't. That was a big narrative in the offseason. So in a weird way, if you were a skeptic of the Browns, no one was really thinking Bengals, right? So if you were a skeptic of the Browns entering last year and a skeptic, or maybe you weren't even, you were neutral on the Browns, but a skeptic of the Lamar and the Ravens, hey, Pittsburgh was a viable bet. Remember, the year before they were 11-0. And off that 11-0, they made the playoffs. So the idea that pretty much everyone returned except the O-line for Pittsburgh. And it's not as if the O-line is something the public cares all that much about, even though it really matters. So it, it, Pittsburgh, the, the glory of the Steelers and that 11-0 and still having Big Ben, getting Najee Harris. A lot of people like a big-name running back. I think it was a perfect storm of optimism. And listen, the regular betters were pro Pittsburgh entering the year last year, and the Sharps and the analytics guys were so anti Pittsburgh. They got so mad when the Steelers made the playoffs. They were angry about it because they were so staked, oh, Pittsburgh's going to regress massively. So I don't think, I think they were in hindsight overvalued last year, and maybe last year should have been 100 cents worse, and now the adjustment losing Big Ben and stuff makes a little sense. But again, Big Ben's brand is bigger than his reality on the field. So I think they were overvalued last year because of Big Ben, and and this year I'm not sure they're undervalued, maybe more properly valued without him. Okay, That, that makes some sense. A couple teams that you would have expected to be bigger
0: movers, and the one that I expected to be the biggest mover, only moved 57 cents. Last year, the Tampa Bay Bucks 162. They opened this year, minus 105. So they are a favorite against the field to win the NFC South, even right, so without Tom talk, Brady. Let's
3: talk about that a second. So what that means is, forgetting the VIG for a second, is they have a better than 50% chance to win. So whenever you hear these minus monies, it's the market saying it's better than a coin flip that this team's going to win.
0: Right. right and and, and that's uh, that's the, they like I said, the, most of the divisions run that way. We just mentioned the AFC North being one of the divisions where there's enough parity that it doesn't happen to be that way. But the, and the closest one too that didn't make the cut is the NFC South because minus 105, they're not a huge favorite. But still, are you surprised to see them as a minus money favorite given the uncertainty at the quarterback position?
3: Okay, so this is an example of how betting so early is different than betting. Once this, the, the rosters are set, except for if a guy quits on his team like Andrew Luck. But usually <laughs> it's a situation where a couple weeks before the season, no one's going to retire unexpectedly, especially a franchise quarterback. And that's your handicapping based on, you know, maybe you don't know who's going to make the, the roster at the third string tight end or whatever, but it doesn't affect things. You know who the teams are, right? Right now we don't. How many quarterbacks are we uncertain of starting quarterback jobs? Eight, nine? So if you're betting those teams, what you have to do is say, okay. And and a lot of people ask me, the most common question I get, A.J., on a non-gambling show, on a more general interest show, is how can you bet something if you don't know the facts of it? How could you bet the Steelers one way or the other if you don't know who's going to start a quarterback? And that's an easy answer is the possibilities need to be considered. There needs to be odds put on the possibilities. And then you need to define or price the teams at each of those possibilities. So let's go back to, let's look at Tampa Bay, for example, because we're looking ahead now to that, is... There's a real chance at Tampa Bay because they had a ready-made roster for Brady to go another run at it. That an Andrew, or I'm um, sorry, not Andrew Luck, but uh, but a uh, any of the big names quarterbacks. I mean, Russell Wilson, for example, uh, whoever. I mean, you might say, well, the Packers won't trade in division or in conference, but you know what? Do we know that for sure? So a team like Tampa is being priced in two ways. One way is they have to get a scrap heap quarterback or an average at best quarterback. And if so, these odds go way down, uh, worsen. And if they get a big name, Aaron Rodgers, for example, all of a sudden they're going to be where they were when Brady was there. So you've got to find that middle ground between the two. And then then in a way, you're handicapping with Tampa one thing. What's the chance of them getting an A quarterback, an A-plus quarter or an A quarterback? If you think it's better than what the market thinks, then you bet Tampa only on that. Because the minute that they get that quarterback, the odds are going to be much, much, uh, you know, you're going to get worse odds if you want to play Tampa. Because, hey, you got them when you didn't know you had Aaron Rodgers, for example. So this is really just a, a, a futures play on how they're going to fill the quarterback role. And I would make the case that Steelers are like that. I actually think seven to one offers some value because if they get Jimmy G, are they really seven to one?
0: Shouldn't think, be, no. No, I mean, no. If they get Russell Wilson, are they seven? There's no way. Oh, no,
3: if they get Russell Wilson, they gotta be, they're gotta. they not even going to be, I mean, heck, they might be the favorite to win the division. So, I mean, because think about that. From Mason Rudolph to Russell Wilson, even with him having a bad run at uh, the end of the last two seasons, one could have been injury, though, most recently, is he's probably about six points better than Mason Rudolph. So if you change a team six points, it goes from the worst team in the division to the best team in the division. Because, I mean, from an average NFL team to the best NFL team is usually seven or eight points. And from the average team to the worst team is usually seven or eight points. And thus it's about 14 to 16 between the best and the worst. And think about it. When you have a team that is one of the best against one of the worst and it's at home for that good team, the Lions, what, 16, 17, 18? So that's right. If Pittsburgh moves six points— they got to be uh, near, if not the best team in the division. This is the market saying they don't think Pittsburgh pulls that off. The market now is saying Tampa is like I don't know about likely, but has a real chance to pull this off. Because what would the odds be? What were the odds with Tampa last year? Last
0: year, the Bucks were minus 162.
3: Okay, so we're saying there's a 40-some, 50-cent adjustment. Now the question is if the Bucks have an average quarterback, I, I know the division isn't great otherwise, but they can't be much better than plus 200 at that point. So it seems like they're pretty much saying there's a two out of three chance that they're going to get a really good quarterback. I think that's BS. I'm looking to fade Tampa here. And and I think some of this is just the market not really understanding how much Brady means. And, and one last thing is Tampa is going to have an exodus. If they don't have a good quarterback, that won't be the only effect. They won't uh, franchise a certain person, maybe. They won't sign someone that they might have signed. They made a lot of tough financial decisions last year to keep the band together. It will be like a guy that was losing weight for his wedding pictures. And then right when that pictures are taken, he goes to the buffet and unbuckles his belt. And I'm telling you, Tampa Bay is going to unbuckle the wallet or buckle it up if they don't have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Because why pay more? And if they don't get an A quarterback, I think it's not just that effect. It's going to be the residual effect in Tampa. Does that make sense to you, AJ? It
0: it does make sense. So here's what we're going to do. There's another quarterback who's obviously been talked about the most this offseason, and his implications are actually impacting some teams more than his own. There's one guy whose name's been kicked around a lot maybe he's going to be on a new team, and it started after the odds came out for last season, and that's Aaron Rodgers. And the Green Bay Packers, who were minus 210 to win the NFC North this year, minus 165 this season. So they're minus 45 cents from what they were a year ago. Maybe less than you would expect if they really thought Aaron Rodgers was leaving. The number that jumped off the page to me, though, is the Denver Broncos, who last February were 18 to 1 to win the AFC West. Currently, plus 450. So the second biggest mover, at least in the upward direction, after the Cincinnati Bengals, is the Denver Broncos. How much of that plus 450 is baked into, we assume they're going to go for a major upgrade
3: at quarterback? Yeah, I think it's Aaron Rodgers alone, really. I mean, who's the quarterback? I mean, we could be surprised but who's the quarterback that Denver's going to get that moves the needle like that other than Aaron Rodgers, right? Deshaun Watson? uh, Possible, yeah, possible. Again, let me ask you, a former Houston guy, uh, you know, over 10 years, uh, drive-time host down there, ESPN, is what are the odds that Deshaun Watson plays next season? Are they better than (sighs) 50-50?
0: I I think 50-50 is
3: optimistic.
0: I I think it feels about right, honestly. Because obviously we're getting closer to his legal stuff getting resolved one way or the other. And I think once it's resolved and we find out what the the punishment is going to be.
3: When you say we're getting closer, yeah, we're all getting closer to death, too. But hopefully (laughs) it's decades away. So, yeah, I mean, like when you look at the amount of time – first of all, there hasn't even been – if there will be any – criminal charges, and we have no idea if there will be, they haven't even been filed yet.
0: Right. They if said there, that should be announced by April 1st. Right,
3: but if they are filed, the, ch- the court case probably won't even be till the next year. They don't do a court case a week later. No. So, if they, to whatever degree, and I mean, you got your ear to the ground down in Houston, would you say right now the sense is, because it's been so long, it's a sign the cops don't think they have enough? Because obviously, when O.J., you know when I, that all went down, he was arraigned, um, or you know he was uh, arraigned almost immediately, where they filed the charge. I guess is the way to say. So it, it strikes me that this doesn't mean that he's not guilty, but it means that they don't ha- clearly have enough to proceed, or they would for the sake of justice and expediency.
0: Yeah, but I think that is all of that is what's holding up any kind of movement on Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson uh, yeah. is ready to play for anyone but the Texans. But it's hard to know what the what the right price is on him until that stuff gets cleared well, out. I,
3: I think it, a lot of people believe it will be impossible to trade for him till this is resolved, which makes it because n- not only would it be so hard to price that, like how if it, let's just say you said there's a 50%. How do you price this? Okay, Deshaun Watson's worth three first. Let's say if 100% cleared and this hadn't happened, now how much reput- reputational Uh, hurt has there been? What kind of hit has there been? And that's going to be the case regardless of how this resolves. He will never be like a pitch man. He'll never be like a face of a franchise that you love that he's the face because there's always going to linger somewhat. You agree with that? I do. Okay. That's probably small if he's cleared totally. Now, what happens if there's some settlements that are secret? Now, the reputational hits even more, but he's able to play quicker, and this is civilly. Now, what happens if there's a case filed against him, but he's found not guilty? Well, that means next season you're missing, uh, probably, meaning this upcoming season. What happens if he's found guilty? Well, all those chances got to be accounted for, 10% this, 30%. That's too complex, it's, and it looks bad. And tell me if you agree with this. If you went to Deshaun and traded for him like Miami was rumored to be, which I thought was crazy at the time, as I said. But if they had traded for him and they thought they priced the possibilities properly that, hey, we're taking a chance, but we're taking a calculated risk. I still think that team takes a hit for acquiring a player that possibly could be a person that did those things. Until he's cleared, I don't. I think he's untouchable. The, for, for the same reason he didn't play for Houston last year is the same reason a team doesn't trade for him until this is resolved. Well, the
0: reason he didn't play for Houston last year is because he refused to. That was his choice. Mm, you think Houston
3: would have let him play?
0: I think they would have, yeah.
3: Boy, I don't know. Mackenzie, what do you think of that? Would he if he, what would have been the response if Houston lets Deshaun play last year?
4: A uh, booze across the nation. <laughs> I don't think they would have done it. Remember, he asked for a trade before any of this stuff came out, so I don't know how that
3: complicates things. Yeah, well, uh, but here's the thing: obviously, if he was playing, uh, see, that's the catch twenty two. On one hand, him not playing. Made it where it wasn't as big as a, st- a story. So in a way, it might have been better, for especially getting paid. I mean, imagine player empowerment. You, you potentially allegedly do a lot of bad things, and again, allegedly, and lo and behold, you get to sit out to to stay, you know, undercover to stay away from the heat, but you still get paid the same amount. I mean, what what a deal! Imagine AJ, if you like beat someone up, and and because of that, I said AJ, you gotta you gotta sit. You can't come to the office. Oh, where should I send your check?
0: Oh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. Who can yeah, I beat be, up? Who can I
3: beat up to get that yeah, deal? Yeah, I, let me tell you, nobody, because that I would I would bankrupt the company before I did that, and I don't bankrupt companies, so it wouldn't happen. I mean, it'd be it'd be like a big guy bigger than you show up saying, "I think you're making a mistake."
0: <laughs> well, well, let's just look at it from the let's let's take Deshaun Watson off the table and assume that that number is just Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what? How much? What would it go up if Aaron Rodgers does go today? They're not. Are they going to be favored over the Kansas City Chiefs if the, no. if the Broncos get Rodgers? So, how much could the number jump if they do get Rodgers?
3: Well, here we had a f- feel for this last year because though those numbers were drastic, that the Denver was a big underdog when these odds were released about a year ago. The same odds, about the same time last year. It, soon around the draft, remember, uh, Stink put out that tweet uh, saying, hey, it looks like Denver's going to get him." And there was a mo- massive move at that time where Denver in the win total was 7.5. Remember, 17 games, it was 7.5. And, and they went up to 9 almost instantly on the Rodgers rumors. We were assuming they thought it was maybe 50-50 at the time. And that's what the market odds were, that he would go. So that assumes what? Another game and a half? if they had gotten him. So I think 10 and a half would have been the right number, maybe a 10 and a quarter. So a little less than 10 and a half. Mackenzie, take a second and look at this. Uh, where would ten 10.3, let's say, have ranked last year on the win totals? That would, and, and how's that compare to what KC was? So
0: here's the deal: uh, 10.3 would have been eighth at the start of last season, which is the same as the LA Rams. The Chiefs were 12.4, the Bucks 12.0, and the Bills 11.1. Those were your top three entering last year. So
3: those, so. Are, bro- those are broad strokes, but I think those are about right. And that's what I would say is that feels about right, right? Denver with. A- Aaron Rodgers would be pretty much. You know, here's the question How do you compare Green Bay roster other than Rodgers to Denver? I personally Denver, think Denver's a little Denver's better. A better roster. Yeah. But I also think the division's much tougher.
0: Sure, and now you've got a coaching question mark with with Green Bay, or excuse me, with Denver that you don't have with Green Bay. So, yeah, and that the the division being better is certainly something that's changed since last year because the Chiefs were minus four hundred to win that division last year, now minus one seventy five. So obviously a bump for the Chargers, a bump for the a massive bump for the Broncos.
3: All right. So to wrap up, what what we're saying here is this: if your quarterback is set. You're handicapping things like how representative was last year, how much cap space do you have, how lucky were you last year? There's a lot of regression, and we'll be talking about that in the offseason, turnover luck, injury luck, things like that. The Rams were super lucky not to be injured very much this year, that kind of thing. Okay. But if the quarterback's uncertain, you're pretty much handicapping what quarterback they're going to get. Because that swings things so much. And the market is telling you what it thinks. And it thinks Rodgers is likely coming back, but not much more than 50%. And Denver has some of that. There's like this Rodgers positive equity. And right now, Green Bay's got about half of it, and Denver has half of it. Let's call it three and a half points each seven points in total. Once a team has decided that other team will get three and a half points per game right away. Once he decides where he's going to go and the other team's going to drop three and a half points. And that's the math of this. And it really is how these odds are decided.
0: All right, Fez, what are your key takeaways from that conversation and from the numbers that got released this week?
1: Well, number one, I want to compliment RJ because I agree completely in terms of the bookies they're cockroaches. Cockroaches. They will. Well done. They will hide the VIG, extra VIG, every way possible. It's easier to hide the VIG in a pool of 30 teams or anyone who bets the horses. A, a race with 10 horses, by example, they're holding 20% and you would never know it. You couldn't even tell. You know, just eyeballing the numbers it gets a little more difficult when it's a three-way line we saw some super bowl three-way lines that were juiced four-way it's a little bit better and i thought what was excellent is rj saying you know what if you had four equal teams in the division and you made them all like plus 240 hey you know i should be able to pick a winner and get good value but mckenzie
0: what was the, what was the nfc west last year because that was it that was that felt like the closest we're going to get to four teams with kind of yeah. equal odds right
1: but it, 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 you had like two teams at like plus 225 a 2 to 1 and then you had Arizona.
0: Yeah, or were they like 5? Yes.
1: So but so right, it, it
4: was plus 200, plus 200, plus 260 then Arizona was the outlier.
1: Mm.
0: Yes. Yeah, so yeah, that's I, I mean was, that's about as close it, as you're ever going right. to get.
1: That's right. So the so the key here is that just if you if, if whoa, four equal teams, they all can win plus 240 is pretty good, but wait a minute. Plus 300 is is break even. So think about it. if I bet all four teams and only one of them's going to win, I'm getting back 3 340 on the dollar. And I'm risking 400, so the the house is making what's that 60 bucks? Yeah. For every 400 wagered, and that's um that's a nice 15% household.
0: Yeah. You know. So there there's this is not a market that you should be uh, unless you feel great about something. It's not a market you should be looking to tie your money up in. Yeah. It's, so the
1: exception typically is what happens is, is you want to get at something where it's just the numbers fundamentally wrong. An example last year of an investment we lost with uh, Washington, the football team. Um, Dallas was overvalued. Dallas' season win number opened nine. Uh, I'm sorry, ten, and Washington opened eight, and then both those numbers kept creeping towards nine, closer and closer. So Washington. Uh, Mackenzie, I know you bet that. Um, I think you got, what, plus 350? Yes. So on Washington, when they were the clear-cut number two team in the division, that was, um, and here we're talking about if there was four equal teams, you know, that you would need three to one, and you got plus 350. So that was outstanding value. So that was, you know, the poster child of good bet. You know what? It's hard to win betting. When you bet plus 350s, it didn't cash. C-
4: close two to one. Got some value there. Uh,
1: you know, another example is when you have a crap hole of division. So example – the AFC South, so some people got great value betting um, Tennessee plus money because Indy had all the problems with all their guys breaking their legs—the quarterback, their lineman, Quentin Nelson, um, Carson Wentz—and so, and you had two teams that really couldn't win in Jacksonville and Houston. So, in a two-team race, when you had the team that had the highest season win number, and you can get you could get them at like plus one—I think of Tennessee was like plus one twenty—that was outstanding value. <laughs>
0: So the, the one that jumped out to me as a team that, man, you are having to pay way too much for is the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals being now the favorites, it just doesn't feel right to me. I mean, obviously, RJ and I talked about this in the, in the segment, a team that could have easily not made the playoffs, and now they're plus 150 to win the division, which you could argue, I guess it's between them and the NFC West
1: again, the most toss-up division, like the most competitive division. Season win. If I said Baltimore ten, Cleveland ten, Cincy ten, would you have an auto bet? No, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd say you know, let me analyze the schedule. Let me see if Mayfield's going to be a hundred percent. And factor this in, if Pittsburgh gets an upgrade at quarterback, they
0: get Jimmy G. I mean, are they? Are, they're right in the mix, right? Put them in at nine. Yeah. I mean, it's so this in a they division al- they
1: always have a winning record. In a division oh, where it a could a non-losing record.
0: Right. In a division where it could go anyway, the Bengals being plus one fifty just feels insane to me. It's it,
1: ridiculous. And and think about it. Assume that instead of spiking the ball, Carr faked the spike, threw a touchdown pass, and and the Raiders go for two and beat the Bengals. All right. Right. I right, that's a bad that, that that's a lot. Okay. So let's assume the Tannehill. Hill. Didn't forget how to play quarterback and just played a workman-like game. And Tennessee had you won mean, by three. You mean
0: he was a game manager if he did yes. that?
1: Or just <laughs> assume that Kansas City Mahomes didn't, like, get concussed at the end of the first half. Like, maybe he slammed his head into the wall. You know, um, it, like, um, what, what was the dude from Washington that did that? It begins with an F. You know, the quarterback. Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, no. This um I think it was the football team's quarterback. He concussed, he concussed himself. by He scored a touchdown.
0: Was it he, Ryan Finley?
1: No. Man. Gus Farratt. Gus, Farr- Gus he didn't, effing Farratt.
0: Gus Farratt played for the Redskins, sir. That's what I said. No, you said the football team. Same thing.
1: <laughs> it's not the same thing, no. But the, the, all I know is they should pad it. like It's like Wrigley with the <laughs> Ivy, man. you got to pad that because you never know when players are going to headbutt the you know, brick walls and get concussed. What but, an idiot. Man, I'm just lucky, watching that. You can tell he's right away. He's like out of it. As soon as he, his head is away from the wall, he's like, what "Hey, did I just hey!" Do? A guy ran into the end zone celebration for the Bengals in his pajamas during the Super Bowl. So worst, oh, worst true. has been done. So the, let's just
0: take a look at that. It, the, the rest of that AFC North, the Bengals plus one fifty. Woof. The, can, I, can I bet no? Well,
1: can well, I bet no? You know what? Minus Let
0: me ask you this: If I gave you even money, either way, Bengals win the AFC North. Bengals don't make the playoffs. What do you think is more likely?
1: Oh, they they, they could easily go five and twelve. You know, Burrow could get hurt. The um, the O line could not work. Uh, the defense could fall apart. Zach Taylor could be exposed as the Dumbo um, uh, coach that he is. How many times do we see this even like in college basketball where a team gets one one miracle great year and they give a coach a five year extension never to be seen from again? Right.
0: Uh, you realize Oregon State who made it to the Elite Eight last year. They're like three and 22 right now. Oh, I mean, it it can life comes at you fast. As they say, (laughs) Uh, I think life could come fast. Right. Yeah. At the Bengals, the Ravens, they're always
4: good. They are always good. They are. They're two to one. I've mentioned this to RJ. Everyone
1: got injured. Their second
4: most games lost to injury out of any team. Lions were number one, but they lost their quarterback for a bunch of those. They lost key guys. So, Marlon Humphrey,
0: Marcus Peters, Ronnie Stanley, Lamar Jackson, their four biggest cap hits all missed uh, massive time this year. Yeah,
1: their secondary was a joke that they were making fun of. You know, how the people talk about, you know, Weddle having to come back for the Rams, but I mean I mean, look at And that's Baltimore. not even
0: to, that's not even to discuss the the season the injuries they had before the season started wasn't Hollywood Brown injured? All their running backs, remember every yep. running back on their roster got hurt at some point like Oh yeah. They are a, I think the Ravens could be undervalued.
1: I agree. And and Cleveland uh, last time I checked they had their starting quarterback who wasn't even that good had not one but two injuries he had to play through the entire year. Browns
0: plus 310 uh they were 2 to 1 coming into last year
1: so I mean Baker Mayfield coming off his worst season Bottom line, we're never going to find value. We want to bet against the Bengals. That's, that's, I want the no.
0: I, I, I wish that that – what you mentioned, cockroaches, they don't give you that option to bet no, but I'm with you. And there's I, a
1: lot of people who said, well, Fez, you've been fading the Bengals throughout the playoffs, and you lost a lot of money. And then I would respond, yeah, and I won a whole lot of money betting the NFL, and I won a whole lot of money in the Super Bowl betting the Bengals – on and against the Bengals in the right ways, where I went seven and four in my Super Bowl bet, so I did just fine with my Bengal acumen. Thank you very much.
0: I would say this: if I'm looking at that AFC North, I mean the Bengals to me are the worst value on the entire board of any team, not just the AFC North. I think that the Ravens at two to one, there is value there. I, I feel. See, th- and
1: I disagree. I, I, I there's no value anywhere. Right? Okay, value is being the bookmaker. Here's the question: Is there
0: value on the Steelers at seven to one? And then maybe, like you're playing the maybe they get a quarterback. Maybe they get Jimmy G. No. Maybe they get Russell Wilson.
1: No, because the division's too good. They can get Jimmy G. Jimmy G's, d- 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 it's just not uh, not not good. Well, bottom line, let's break it down to percentages. Steelers get Deshaun Watson, who wins the division. Steelers, because Deshaun Watson's really good. Rus- you could the probably Steelers get Russell Wilson, who wins the division. The Steelers, because Russell Wilson's really good. But Jimmy G's just good he's average and
4: if that news came out today you'd be able to bet this division before
1: they would change it you know if it was one of those overnight things so I'm not it's possible so so what's the probability Baltimore wins this division give me a percent I want percents that's the right way to do this
0: I would say I'd put Baltimore at 40 percent of the time
1: 40 fantastic what's Cincinnati
0: I would say 20 percent of the time I think that's very good Cleveland. I would say 30% of the time. Beautiful. Pittsburgh? Oh, 10%.
1: 10. So it has to sum to 100. And, it, and by the way.
0: I did that math all, right. right? All,
1: all, all these you did. All these talk, all these fake experts that come on and they talk about there's great value here. There's great value here. And they, and they try to like evaluate plus 250. It's done completely wrong. The way to do it is we're making the sausage. You put the freaking percentages down for each. Team and they have to sum to 100. You normalize up or down and then you go from there. So, from the 40%, all of a sudden, if if it really was 40%, Baltimore 2 to 1 does have outstanding value. So, Baltimore, we're probably too high. Instead of 40, let's bring it down to 33%. And I'll say the 2 to 1 is a break even bet. And I'm even willing to go ahead and Who are you going to give that to? The the other 7%? I'm going to give, I'm going to make Pittsburgh 15%. Okay. Because of the uncertainty, the possibility they get Russell Wilson or someone like that. So we'll give two five percent, they'll give I'll give two percent because we got the Bengals too low. So I'll put the Bengals twenty-two, Cleveland thirty. And Okay. Yeah. That's 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 where I'd get to those numbers.
0: Okay. I feel like but then I feel like maybe the Browns are too like because I feel like the Browns are better than or I mean the Ravens are better than the Browns. So but I'm
1: really sandbagging the Bengals hard here. And I know there's someone who disagrees it actually has a best Bets. This blows my mind, but let's
0: go ahead and get it. Uh, Uncle Dave, Dave Esler, he has a bet on those Cincinnati Bengals. Let's hear it.
2: I love him at the Bengals, 14-1 to 1 to win the 2023 Super Bowl. Yeah, I know it's square. I know I'm biting recency bias. And I know I'm bucking the trend about losing rookie quarterbacks not getting back to the Super Bowl. But look at this past season. They finished winning 6-8, and they had, according to team rankings, the fifth toughest second-half schedule. Again, according to team rankings – they were 5-2 and two against the top five ranked teams. With their two losses, the Super Bowl by three and the Packers by three. Last year, they were also one of the least penalized teams in the NFL and were positive in turnover margin. And If they just do those things, that's going to win games all by itself. And they did all this in spite of that all-line and not the sacks as much as being 26th in yards per rush, 23rd in the red zone, and with a defense that was 21st in points per play. I think all those deficiencies can only get better in the offseason. The two AFC teams with better odds, the Bills and the Chiefs, are both on the Bengals' schedule next year and both come to Cincinnati. So additionally, I'm betting the Bengals plus 650 to win the AFC since the number one seed appears to be theirs to lose. And I bet the Bengals 14-1 to to win next year's Super Bowl. So I don't
1: want to be politically incorrect, so I'm going to send you back to some clips for all of us who are old enough to know, like when Bill Murray and Jane Curtin would have a debate on Saturday Night Live, and Jane Curtin would come out with all these Reasons why she liked the Bengals to win the division or to win the Super Bowl. And then Bill Murray would come out and say, Jane, you, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. So that's my response to Dave here. Okay, the Bengals. Are <laughs> so overrated. you you disagree with Dave? Is Completely. The, the, the nice way to say hey, it. Dave can get most of his bets right. He doesn't get them all right, and you know what? Dave is is burning the midnight oil right now in college basketball. So it's okay. I'm going to give him a pass on his Bengal fumble here.
0: All right, let's talk about the other games that we or the other teams that we talked about. The, the Tampa Bay Bucks, who were about minus one sixty coming into the season, about minus one oh five now. So let's talk about is there no Tom Brady, obviously no Gronk, a lot of no Antonio Brown. A lot of things have changed. Does this number speak to we think the Bucks, the, the market thinks the Bucs are going to get at least an average quarterback in there, or does it speak to the rest of this division is bad enough that we still have to make the Bucks a favorite over the field?
1: The rest of the division certainly is bad, but we're not going to make them a favorite over the field. I think Atlanta could easily. What's Atlanta's odds?
0: Atlanta's five to one.
1: Five to one. What? And they have a quarterback.
0: Yeah, they've got the best quarterback in the division. Huh? What's Carolina? Four to no. They're also five to one. Okay, Sorry,
1: they they stink. What's New Orleans? They, Three to one. That's interesting. And they I don't think, have a quarterback. <laughs> I think Atlanta's better than New Orleans. Um, I think so
0: too. I, and I think that Sean Payton being gone. Is a major factor. You
1: know what this speaks to? It speaks to the fact that Tampa, obviously, they could pick up a quarterback. Um, you know, that could happen. And it's just the cockroaches say, you know what? Until, until. Tom Brady is a, has zero point zero percent chance, or anyone you know um, capable in Tampa Bay, we're not going to give any value. Maybe the and the bookies probably got burned on people betting Tampa forty to one. That got news that Brady was coming to Tampa, and they're like, no, 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 not going to fool me anymore I, on Tampa bets.
0: I've told this story before that the when LeBron left the Miami Heat. I put I got a ticket down thirty to one on the Cavs to win the title before LeBron got announced he was going back to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Just had a hunch that maybe it would happen. And of course, it ends up happening. And I think the line it instantly went to like six, six to one. Yeah. So I had a, a great value ticket. It just happened to be the year that the best team in the history of the NBA played in San Francisco. And uh my ticket was useless. But was by, that the Dova
1: Vadova year? Yeah,
0: God. it was.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You had so, a 2 1 lead in the finals. You I know, man.
1: So I, t- I tell you what, Mackenzie, I'm no NBA expert. All right. But I will say this if you get to the finals and you go against the greatest NBA, one of the greatest NBA teams of all time, and you go six games and Matthew Delvadova is your starting guard, you probably have a really like top five NBA player on that team. <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about? What's what's wrong with Delhi? Uh, that's, McKin- that's what that's what McKenzie's saying. Like LeBron, him...
0: LeBron handpicked della Vedova. Wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> is it? I I can't believe I I don't remember this. Was Was it St. Mary's? Yeah, yeah. 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 And he he single handedly beat BYU in in that one I game. I Believe so.
0: Yes. He's yeah. an Aussie.
1: Oi oi oi. Well, every St. Mary's player is basically. No, you know. So yeah.
0: Okay, let's let's talk about the the one other quarterback who can make a real difference. And the fact, this is the thing that blows my mind the most. The Rodgers discussion or the Rodgers question marks, the, the team that it affects the most isn't even the Packers. The Packers were minus 210 this time a year ago. The Packers now, minus 165. It's a bad so, division. I mean, it it's is a bad, bad division, division for sure. But it, it, now, RJ pointed this out in in this conversation. You've got to remember at some point between when these odds came out last February and when the season started is when the Rodgers rumblings started. So this number probably pushed a little bit towards the Packers not winning the division preseason. The Rodgers' drama seems to most be impacting the line on the Denver Broncos.
1: You know, the Broncos, someone has to explain this to me. So I I know, um, and we just listened to it, that the Broncos were seven and a half season wins. And then rumors about Rodgers coming to Denver hit, and they go up to nine, all right? And it was kind of like, and I agree that this was like a valuation, 50-50, whether he's going to go to Denver, right? So he's going to be 10 and a half if he goes and it's going to be 7.5 if he doesn't go. And I made, that made complete sense to me. All of the valuation and pricing made sense to me. Here's what doesn't make sense to me. I don't think Rogers didn't play for Denver last year. He did not. A guy named Teddy Bridgewater played. Yeah. And drew Locke. And yet the season win number for Denver, double check me on this, McKenzie, I believe it closed 8.75. Exactly right. So what the hell happened? When we knew that Rodgers wasn't going to Denver, why didn't the nine go back to seven and a half? By the way, Denver was sitting basically on pace to win seven and a half all year long, and ultimately they only got to seven. So that is can someone explain that to me?
0: I don't get it. And I also I don't get that we're still looking at this as you know, maybe what how much of this plus four fifty for the Broncos to win the division? Do you think is the possibility that they get Aaron Rodgers? All of it. If I told you, or someone, somebody, t- t- it's a great division. If it, right, the, the the Broncos are plus four fifty. The Chargers, who have a top five quarterback, are plus four hundred.
1: That the, that the Chiefs is a handsome man.
0: The Chiefs are minus one seventy five with a top five quarterback. The Broncos have no idea who their hell. What are the odds? Whoever the starting quarterback for the Broncos is this year is the worst starting quarterback in the division. I would make the Broncos a, a, a minus two hundred, minus three hundred favorite.
1: Yeah, I'm, we've got. Are uh, you going to find uh, someone car, better than Carr? Carr's top ten. Carr's yeah. top ten.
0: So, so you got to get Russell Wilson. You've got to get Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. Yes, or
1: or Aaron Rodgers. Well, all, so, of a, all of a sudden we got enough. We 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 got enough kicks at the can. Maybe the odds are ten percent. Then we get one somebody. Uh,
0: but then, but even then, uh, but this this number says they've already got that guy, and that doesn't make sense to me, yeah, because here's the question. if the Broncos get Aaron Rodgers tomorrow, what's their number to win the division?
1: I know you I, I know you guys thought it was let's well, what's, do what's the season win number because that's the way my 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 brain is. i I actually I would go all the way to eleven. I'd go well nobody's thirty nine now. ten and a half, ten and a half would be the season win. So Kansas City is still the favorite. Um, so if Kansas City, you got a lower so Kansas City's going to win 60% of the time, and maybe it's 25%. 20 that's not too high. The other teams because the good. Chargers are good, yeah. So 20%, four to one, four to one, it's break even. Uh,
0: I the, the number just blows so my mind. The number's ridiculous.
1: The yeah. numbers, the number barely has positive equity. Even if
0: they get if they get him, and now they don't have him, it doesn't make any sense. Cockroaches.
1: This is dastardly bookies. You know these dastardly bookies are charging us more than ten cents now to buy a half point. Yeah, the majority of books right now. um, I'll throw some out. Bookmaker, Circa, Westgate, MGM. Want to buy a half point? It's a sucker bet. Ah, we're going to make it more of a sucker bet. You know why? Because you suck at betting. That's why we hold. That's why we hold nine percent, and we don't care about you. So we're just going to charge you even more because you don't know any better. What are
0: you paying for a half uh,
1: half point? Fifteen now? cents now. Well, you're not paying that. roaches. No. I'm embarrassed to say. Oh, that Stephen Mackenzie gets us right. I'm embarrassed to say I did pay fifteen cents per half point, and I bought two points, so I paid an extra. Th- um, I paid an extra 60 cents on a bet. All right. So I bought two points and I paid 60 cents for it. So I wound up playing minus 170 for two points and it was a bad wager. How is it that a man who prides himself on making the mathematical right play made such an egregiously bad wager? Anyone got a guess? I did that today. This today. morning, today. 6.30 a.m.
0: I don't know. I mean, you weren't drunk, I assume. At six thirty a.m. sleep
1: deprivated, hadn't had my iced coffee. Okay. I can tell you how. I was betting on BetMGM, the MGM locally here in Vegas, yeah. and they let you buy a half point for ten cents, and you can buy it four times. So the by the the first buy is, is poor, but by the fourth buy, it's good actually. If you if you do like that, the, the um, if you're buying like from six and a half to eight and a half. It's a pretty good buy to be able to do that for 40 cents in aggregate. Yeah, I won't go through all the math as to why, but they had changed their their buy price. And the very first time I did it, I didn't even check. I did I did so fast and I looked to my horror, I looked down and I saw I'd laid my 170 instead of my S150. I was like, huh, "What happened?" And I said, "Oh, they had they've, they've let you do this for 5 years and they changed the pricing this morning." Did it win? I don't know. It's Georgia Tech. You tell me.
0: Georgia Tech hoops? Yes. Let's see. <laughs> Oh boy! What was so? What was your what number
1: did you? I think uh, I bought from six and a half to eight and a half. What? From memory, what's 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 the line the line of the game? I know I bought two points on Georgia Tech.
0: Let's see, Georgia Tech.
1: Nothing like live radio on the podcast.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm pulling up this game. Oh, it just started. So it's seven three Georgia Tech right now.
1: Good cockroaches.
0: Cockroaches. They gotta pay.
1: Did it, what? What did it close?
0: Uh Six. I, I don't know close six and a half yeah it wasn't oh, on, that's it,
1: great so I don't I don't want plus six and a half reduced I'll take plus eight and a half late minus minus set one seventy what a good customer I am <laughs> oh
0: well l- listen you're a good guy you're a good man I hope that this works out for you I think it will <laughs> I think it's, that it's it good will.
1: Co- it's good cover if nothing else
0: that's, that's right it. okay uh they, there's one other team that we we didn't discuss on this portion of SOV but I want to ask you about them because it's actually the only team that didn't adjust from last season's uh, opening division odds number. And I'd make the argument that they should. Uh-huh. San Francisco 49ers still 2-1 to one to win the NFC West. With the We talk about questions at quarterback for the Bucs, for the Packers, for the Broncos. The 49ers have questions at quarterback, right?
1: Yeah, and last time I checked, um, the Rams are pretty good, right? They I, they won, run it back. I think they I won the, the quote unquote big game. Yes, yes. I mean that with with all the uncertainty, I tell you this: you want to bet on Trey Lance to. Mackenzie, you like Trey Lance to win the division this year? I'm excited to watch him next year. But don't you I mean like, you're <laughs> as you're, my money on that, you're as optimistic
0: no. as anyone on Trey Lance, but don't you agree that his first year as a starter, there could be some growing pains?
4: Yes, I think the 49ers had a better chance to win the division last year, even though they ended up only ten yeah. and seven than looking for it this year.
1: Absolutely.
0: And guess what? The, the what do you think the adjustment on the Rams was from last year to this year?
1: the rams should have gone down they sh- they sh- instead of the rams were like plus 210
0: they were plus 165 last year
1: oh so there's so they're going to be like plus 165 again
0: plus 150 okay so, a, so a, a slight tick down but
1: now knowing that they're good they were good enough to win the super bowl and Arizona, you can you can talk about how they collapsed and the like, but they still weren't supposed to be good to start the. Year.
0: They're going to collapse every year, but they right. But, they're,
1: they're, but you know they're probably going to be good in September. And their well. odds have
0: been cut in half.
1: And, and you know what? When Colt McCoy plays, I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'm going to stop betting against Colt McCoy. I don't care if I'm getting six points of closing line value. Yep, they all were all. Dude does is win.
0: They were plus seven hundred last year, plus three fifty this mm-hmm. year. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, that there's I think there's some getting into into the NFC West
1: that we'll do later but um let's get into Have you ever been to um no, you're from Houston not from from Fings. I my 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 bucket list is to get to um Kingsbury's you know pool side No,
0: he's never invited me. God, that looks good. You know yeah. the
1: Zimmer um house with all the with all the um what do they call that with the animals that are like on the wall? They that Mounted. Heads? Oh, yeah, like the, uh, the taxidermied that? heads. Yes. Yeah, I remember that when he showed yeah. all that. That that scared me a little bit. You don't bit. like that? <laughs> I tell you what, I saw, just saw Zimmer's girlfriend's a picture, and it does not appear to be hurting his social life one bit.
0: No? Well, good for Query him. that.
1: Put that Being up unemployed, on he's still Put doing Zimmer's okay. Put huh? Zimmer's girlfriend up on the board.
0: Who would have thought an unemployed guy would have a uh, hot chick girlfriend?
1: I don't think it's going to last very long if he what? doesn't get another job. Oh, my. Yeah. Now that. That is covering against the spread, right? How there. <laughs> old do you think she is? <laughs> I would say thirty. Boy, she's looks. She
0: looks really good for thirty. She's aging well. If that's the case, if someone said, "Hey, that
4: that's the that's a friend of yours, and that's his great that's her grandfather," I would not even blink.
1: Literally, I would at least young, say that's her dad. Literally, the least. young lady that we're showing. If you had told me that 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 was like the playmate of the year two years ago, I'd say it looks about right. It,
0: here's how. Here, here's the way you know how twenty twenty two works. Do we know her name or do we just know her Instagram handle? (laughs) Because I like let's let's give people her Instagram handle, because no one knows her name. They just she's you know
1: if you were wondering why Zimmer was no longer covering 60% of the time and not game planning as much, you may have found your answer to that.
0: Let's see. Here we go. Okay. Katarina. Of course her name's Katarina. Katarina Elizabeth. Are they uh, that now? This was from October 2020. They've been together that long. Boy,
1: good for him. Good for Mike Zimmer. She's a Minnesota 10. She's a Las Vegas 10. She's a Los Angeles 10. Yeah. And I
4: know some of you are looking for her IG. It's Katarina underscore Elizabeth. Good for her. Well, no, not good for her. Good for him. Good for Mike Zimmer. Yeah, bad
0: for Mm. her. What are you doing? (laughs) I mean, listen, she's got girls got to make a living, Mackenzie. Who are you to judge? True. You know? Mackenzie's got a hot girlfriend who's only with him for his money.
1: Is this right, Mackenzie? I lie a lot in that relationship. (laughs) You're 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 still with the same gal, right? No, don't want to talk about it. Okay. (laughs) If you ever need
4: like advice, ask AJ. He can help you. AJ's the man. (laughs) Uh, All right, but hey, guys, real quick, if you're listening to this, it is February 24th or later. That means it's time for the NBA second half kicking off tonight. Thursday night, we have the NBA second half kicking off. And on pregame.com, we have the NBA second half contest. Top five prizes win. Starts February 24th. Minimum 50 picks. Runs through the end of the regular season, so plenty of time to be sharp and discerning about how many plays you want to do in a given day. Maximum picks 100. The net profit will be the deciding factor and the number one prize for this completely free to enter contest is 500 simoleons, $500 cash second and third prize you get NBA playoff access from the pro of their choice $225 value completely free for just proving your skills in this free contest fourth and fifth prize get $100 100 bulk dollars on pregame.com Again, it's an absolutely free contest to enter, and you have $500 to win cash for getting first prize. That means it's a positive expected value scenario for you guys. And another positive expected value scenario is to get 20% off on any package on pregame.com using the promo code BASKETS20. That promo code, again, is BASKETS20. Let's get into some college basketball. The biggest surprises and the biggest
0: disappointments of the season so far. Who's the surprise? The biggest surprise is probably it, it's it's one of two. It's it's probably Auburn. I'll go with Auburn. Is probably the biggest surprise. Uh, Auburn, who the odds were greater than a hundred to one. You could, I mean you couldn't find better than a hundred to one in the, in the preseason. one now. Yep, they're sitting at plus a thousand now to win the national title. They're going to be a one seed.
1: You know, I always hate that plus 1,000.
0: Screw that. They're 10 to 1. They're 10 to 1 now. They're
1: 10 to 1. I don't know what plus 1,000 means. Well, but the
0: reason why I do that is because, like, when when I get to my next surprise, they're plus 850. I don't want to go there. 8.5 to 1. Just say 8 or 9. Okay. Well, with Auburn, Bruce Pearl had a decent core returning. He was bringing back a good amount of guys from last year's team but he lost Sharif Cooper, who was their- He's that
1: freshman point guard sensation? Is he yes. doing anything in the NBA?
0: M- Mackenzie, what's Sharif Cooper up to in the NBA?
1: Not featured.
0: Not not yeah. playing much yet. That's not a surprise. That's a ama-
1: that's a shock to me because when you watched Auburn, like as long as Sh- what's the over? Sharif Cooper is playing. I like over.
0: You yeah, know? I mean Sharif I mean- Cooper was a weapon in college basketball, but it, the NBA translates. Aj,
1: a- you remember that Arizona?
4: I think it was like Swift. Uh, that shooter, he reminds me a lot of this guy. He was scoring, and he was a second-round draft pick. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't have the name. Thank you for that, McKenzie. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, that's uh, exactly what I was hoping. But he was, was like McKenzie one of those Rivers guys like J.J. Reddick you would remember as a college player. Stromile Swift, are you talking about? That's also a college player that, that busted in the NBA, but now I'm thinking That's it. not who you're thinking of. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, I, I don't know. I, I would pay to see J.J. Reddick and Jimmer Fredette go at it in the octagon, just an FYI.
0: J.J. Reddick and Jimmer Fredette? Yes.
1: I'd like to see them fight. now yeah, huh. the gun.
0: Interesting. I don't like either one. Do you just hate all white uh, jump shooters? They're white? Yeah. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Uh, but Sharif Cooper, I guess... Salim Stoudemire, by the way, was the guy I was thinking uh, well, of. Well, I, I can't imagine why I couldn't come up with a name of Swift when you... <laughs> when that there when was an the, S. That had nothing to do with his name,
1: but... So, um, so getting getting back to the the, oh. the Auburn Sh- overachievements. Sharif Cooper under one point per game wow. this season for the Hawks. So all things being equal, I think a team that was not projected to be a contender that is gonna land a number one seed is an auto fade, a team I want to go against in the tournament. And here's why. Okay. I don't like celebratory seasons, especially with coaches like Bruce Pearl that like decorates his tum- his tummy with, div- with things and takes his shirt off. And it's just very, you can just see him making the rounds, radio row, lots of interviews um, instead of having his team focused. And as opposed to a team like Gonzaga that I would think would be a hundred percent focused at getting a title.
0: Here's why I, I kind of disagree with you because the, the, the way college basketball is going to go now is you can have a big swing because of transfers. And a lot of the times mm-hmm. it's going to be like, how, how long does it take your transfer to fit in? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that happened with Auburn. And so Auburn's big success this year is a guy named Jabari Smith. He's a freshman. He is the highest rated recruit in the history of Auburn basketball. He was expected to be like the 15th, 20th best player, like a uh, freshman in the country he's second or third. I mean, he's one of the best players in the country, period. And that's obviously, that's A, that's a that's a big swing. Like, if you think you've got a top 20 player and he turns out to be a top five player, you're upgraded. But the guy that hasn't really gotten the love that he's gotten is Walker Kessler, who was also a five-star recruit for North Carolina. And he averaged about 10 minutes per game last season for North Carolina. He's now projected to be a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. So you talk about a guy from like you're into the bench at North Carolina, you transfer and now you're a top ten draft pick. Those are the kind and it's not like this, I mean, he he was a pedigreed guy. He was a, a five star guy. North- so
1: so Auburn huge jump. And what was the other team? Uh
0: Arizona's, Arizona's the other team.
1: And 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 they I wanted to ask you about Arizona. Um Cause it sure seemed like they had a little bit of a lapse where they were just kicking butt for game after game. And then they just started beating people instead of killing people. Was there, did anything happen to Arizona to make them less lethal?
0: No. Uh, I, but I do think that their, their numbers, the spreads got just out of whack because Mm. they were just destroyed and same things happened to Gonzaga. And the truth is this team is just like Gonzaga. They are Gonzaga light. And the head coach, Tommy Lloyd, was an assistant at Gonzaga under Mark Few forever. So it's not a surprise that they're they're very similar, but they are top ten in offense and defense, which mm-hmm. obviously there's not many teams that are top ten in both, and they play at a top ten tempo. You add that all together, that's
1: I mean it's them and Gonzaga. They're the teams that do that. So uh, if I had to choose Auburn and Arizona between betting them every every game in the tournament or fading them, which would be your choice? Hmm. Auburn is going
0: to have shorter spreads. But I I also think Arizona, I think Arizona's the better team. Um I would probably go with Arizona. And mm. and Arizona, this Arizona team, much like Kentucky teams of the past they are not this Kentucky team's different. This Kentucky team was a bunch of transfers, they're mostly juniors and seniors and a couple of stud freshmen. But the historic Calipari teams have been four freshmen and a sophomore and they start out rough at the beginning of the season and then by the time the season's getting to March, it's like, "Oh, you don't want to play this team because it's all gelled. They've figured it out." Arizona starts four freshmen and a sophomore and they didn't have the early season lull. Like they they've been they were They've been good since the beginning yeah. of the year, and they've had two games that they lost. They lost a game at uh, at Tennessee early in the season. This was before Christmas. Tennessee's good. They're probably one of the sure. 10, 15 best teams in the country, and then they lost at UCLA on a night where... Revenge game? The, no, it was it was the first game. Oh, it was the
1: first game, and then they came back, and they were late yeah, seven, they and they s- got the revenge. smoked
0: them. I'm sorry. But in that game against UCLA, they just couldn't make a shot. They had mm-hmm. a ton of open looks, couldn't make a shot. Right. I think that they
1: are going to keep getting better as the season goes on. Would it be fair to say that both of these teams would be better off dropping a game in their conference tournament and then be totally focused as opposed to if they roll in their conference tournament? I hate teams that are coming in a long winning streak that have overachieved. Those teams seem to fall on their face against the spread.
0: That's a good question. And I wonder if with – and you might be right. You might be honest. I mean, especially because both these teams are younger – Like, if it would be better for them going into Mm -hmm. things, Uh, because both of them are probably a one seed either way. I think you don't want to lose early in the conference tournament, but you don't want to lose to, like, Arizona doesn't want to lose to Colorado or Utah. If they lose, we want them to lose to.
1: Perfectly fine to lose to Washington State. No, that's not good either. I don't think so. I
0: don't think that's. I think it has to be either UCLA or USC or. Like, well, Oregon. It has to be a... a Oregon's a good example. Yeah. A, a, not, the, not the top tier, which Arizona's the only team... Well, UCLA's maybe top tier. But th- that second tier is acceptable. For the SEC, if Auburn lost to Tennessee... No big. If they lost to Kentucky, no big deal. You don't want to lose to Texas A&M.
1: And I know Oregon hung in there in their game against Arizona recently, but that was because Oregon just got upset as a big favorite, and like they were in the mother of all bounce back spots on a losing streak off a horrible performance to bring it as a 13 point dog. So I know they that they kept that game very competitive. Yep, they did play well. So I wouldn't play. I, I think that was more pro Oregon than anti Arizona.
0: Would you agree with that? Uh, I do agree with that. Yeah. And but but Arizona played well because Arizona played well in that game. Like they they shot four. 38 percent from three. Like it, hmm. most nights, that's enough to get it done. Oregon just—they played really, really good ball. And but enough
1: with the um, with the overachieving teams. Ultimately, I want I want to find bets, and sometimes the best way to find bets is to look at the underachieving teams. So let's talk about the two biggest underachievers.
0: Well, let's start with Michigan. They've been in the news lately. Um, I've heard that. Yeah, Jawan Howard will not be there for the rest of this the regular season anyway.
1: If the Um, Wisconsin coach had done what Jawan Howard did, would the penalty have been the same?
0: I I think so. Uh, If Greg Gard had slapped a Michigan assistant, uh, if he had slapped Phil Martelli, who's a a Michigan assistant. Well, he's an old guy. Yeah, like that would have been good. Yeah, I don't know if it would have been the same. I honestly thought the fact that Greg Gard wasn't suspended Mm. didn't seem right to me. Because what happened in that situation is – there's, cer- there's certain things you can't do to a grown man. If if a grown man is trying to walk away from you and you are insistent on telling him something, you can't just grab him and hold him there.
1: I, it's a good point that sometimes they say for there to be an accident, like to, both drivers have to be at fault somewhat. And it's, it's almost the sort of thing where if you do something that isn't necessarily um, illegal even, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like you're, you're driving along and but it's something that isn't you know, it's just not cool. You know, like you really like you hit your horn three times, okay? And from someone from behind, and then they purposely slam on your brakes, and yeah, you, and you, that'd be a bad example because you'd be at fault. But if like if you lay on your horn three times, and then an accident winds up happening, there's some culpability there. there you, you did nothing illegal, hitting your horn three times, but you know what? That's that's not cool. That's not yeah. That's not good activity. And and should your horn blowing result in an accident, you I think you bear some of the the blame for it.
0: And I guess he got a fine which, okay, I don't think Greg Gard's worried about it. It was 10K or whatever it is. But the the weird part, and I'm not defending what Juan Howard did at all, mind you. Uh, and I, I saw a lot of people say, well, he's a, a leader of men. That's not how you behave. Okay, I, I agree with that. But you also, like, if I'm trying to walk away from a conversation and you grab me by my arm and hold me there to finish what you're saying, we, you've crossed a physical line that... I, I'm not going to say that I wouldn't hit someone for that, no, depending you, on the situation. No, you
1: would just um, acquiesce to the handshake and then break a couple of his metatarsals uh, yeah, maybe. or whatever they but are. But the, the weird thing is Jawan
0: Howard didn't even hit Greg Gard. Mm. Like, he, he hits an assistant. That, and That's the other thing. Everyone's like, well, he didn't hit. Like, th- that guy didn't do anything. My guess is that guy had something to say. I don't think Juwan Howard just goes slapping people for no reason. I, I told McKenzie.
1: So, so you can see, though, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm steering this away from like the, 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 um, the mainstream talk radio, though, or, or TV. Because I get all of that I want, and I don't want it at all. I want bets. Is Michigan a fade, or are they back? Based the rest of the year without Howard, and then when Howard comes back.
0: Michigan is. You had to choose. They're projected to go three and two down the stretch. If they go three and two down the stretch, they probably need to win, or at least make some real noise in the big Ten tournament to get in.
1: But do I bet on them?
0: I would not bet on them. Do I bet against them? I think you might. Yeah, I, I think because I think this Michigan team is kind of falling apart. And I also think that Michigan coming into the season was wildly overvalued. Uh, they came in twelve to one. They lost three starters to the NBA. Franz Wagner, Isaiah Livers, Chandra Brown, all to the NBA. They lost Mike Smith to the G League, and their backup big man Austin Davis is playing in Europe now. That's five professional basketball players left their team, and now and somehow they were like, yep, that team's the second best team in the country. And now they're in turmoil. Yeah, now they're 14 and 11. Things are falling apart. They Listen, if you've got high expectations and the world falls down around you, I think you're less likely to come out, like, rise like a Phoenix and suddenly, like, oh, I remember what we were expected to be. I think, like, by now, 25 games into the season, your coach is slapping people. You're, you've got guys getting suspended. I think you're just not what people thought you were, period. So,
1: ideally, you'd love to see the team get an NIT bid and head to the road and just get destroyed by somebody, I think that
0: right? I think Michigan, at this point, would pass on an NIT bid. Hmm. That's a good because point. if I you're, I mean, coach situation. Yeah, I don't. I think it's. Is and that they,
4: common? I don't know if I've ever heard that.
0: It's it's more common in COVID now. Mm-hmm. So you can say, ah, oh, we just for whatever COVID reasons we don't want to play in that tournament, and no one will bat an eye.
4: Kind of like how Michigan said, oh, we could play Ohio <laughs> State football, but uh, we'll pass.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna skip out on this one. That was last year. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that things have have fallen apart. I don't think it's getting any better. Lenardi currently has them last four in. I, it seems
1: generous to me. So, I, if you're looking for for well, the tournament, it, the the committee is corrupt. But then again, they don't want controversy like this. Also, sure that, that that makes everybody look bad.
0: The other preseason or disappointment from preseason expectations is Memphis, and they've gotten a little bit better lately. Although they got smoked, smoked by SMU this weekend.
1: All right, put that on thought. So, McKenzie, I know AJ preferred Memphis, but you really liked Memphis. Did you get a chance to look at the box score? Because um, that was a no show against the uh, the ponies of SMU. <laughs>
4: it's funny. I bet that game, and I looked at it closely while it was going on. I did not watch the, look at the box score afterwards.
0: What's up? And Memphis didn't show up in the second half. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was actually it was a close game at halftime. It was a five point game at the half, and when they came out of the locker room, Memphis just. Wasn't interested.
1: They have some of their guys back now, right? That was the problem. They have Definitely.
0: gotten healthier. They're still without Imani Bates, who was the reason why Memphis was eighteen to one preseason. He was the number one recruit in the country. He was that the, to make the final four. It, no, that was to win the title.
2: Oof.
0: Yeah, Ooh. he was the the super Ooh. recruit, and it just didn't work out. And um, it, you know, and like I said, things are getting better. They were they were nine and eight on January twentieth. And now they've won seven out of eight. They in the bubble yet? No. Uh, Lenardi has them last four in as well. Okay. So they've worked their way back to the bubble. Like, they got a win at Houston, which mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah, Houston's good. And then they won at Cincinnati. So they're starting to look more like They they look more like a talented D1 team than an AAU team, which is what they look like. And that's what Penny Hardaway famously said early in the season, that they look like an AAU team. Well, you recruited a bunch of AAU players and made them play AAU ball. That's exactly what they were going to look like, Penny. You know, I'd like to see them play Michigan in the NIT. That would be a good game. Oh, I would love to see that. I would love to see it. (laughs) I like Um, the
1: home team. (laughs)
0: uh, Memphis currently now 150-1. to
1: To uh, to win the national title. Well, you go ahead and fl- I I understand they have a higher ceiling, but just you know set that on fire. You know they're going to be an eleven. They're going to be like a nine seed at best.
0: It, yeah, if they get in, they're a nine. If seat. they if
1: they get in, so you know right off. But the at bat, a minimum,
0: they're peaking at the right time. They're playing be- yeah. like they. If you're going to be terrible, do it the way Memphis did and be terrible early in the season and get right the versus the way Michigan is, did.
1: Even if you're you should be a four seed power rating, you get stuck on the eight, nine line and there's, yeah. and there's trouble brewing big trouble in terms of trying to advance in, even into the sweet 16.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And there's going to be, you'll, you'll probably be matched up against some mid-major team that you don't want to play like a Wyoming and
1: a, a, even, oh, a I super... want to play Wyoming. I wouldn't use that as an example. Oh really? I want Wyoming. I I've, I've, I've seen this movie before, like all these, these West, these West Coast like mountain teams that like have impressive wins in the tricked up altitude and the like, and there's there's no ceiling. They never get any better. So how many years like air all well, Air Force says they have a really good team this year and then they never ever win, it seems like, or the who's the Montanas or the Montana states when they have a good team, and they never are the team that pulls the upset in the tournament, okay. And South Dakota state is probably the team, yeah, that's that, different. that's that that summer league. that's is it is the summer league?. That yep. in? yeah, I mean, those, they play some ball there,
0: but I, I disagree about Wyoming. That's a—I I, mean—they're a top fifty team analytically, and the Mountain West is so much better better this year than it has been. Colorado State's very good, Boise's very good, San Diego State's very good. So there's there's a lot of of they, they've
1: been That's on the San grind. San Diego State that plays every game forty two thirty seven. Yes, that happened again last night, didn't it? It was an
0: under. It was an under last night. What hundred uh, and 115? It was, it was a 117? little seventeen. No, it was a little higher than it was the first game. I I, I played under 125, and I think it finished. 121. At
1: like, I, if you got 125. No, one, you're, maybe you're
0: 121, like, is yeah. right. and it finished 115 or something yeah. like that. So uh, I know there was a 5 and a 1. If you so, got
1: the 125, we, we, we got to talk. No, I don't like, think there was a 125. Into, you got to get me into that book.
0: Right I don't think now. there was. But, yeah, if, I think it finished 115. So uh, that.
1: God, it, it's hard playing under 121. You know, you look. It you is. Look at, it's like if there's an overtime. And it's not fun. If there's an overtime, you lose. Yeah, and it was if a one point up, game if there's a foul fest you lose so even look at this it's stone cold under there's like 50 points in the first half they it's trending under the entire way if one team winds up up by six you can just get train wrecked in the final 90 seconds I've they, had they, multiple games this,
0: multiple games this season where I've bet an under and it's look, looks like it's a home run and then there's 18 points scored in the last two minutes mm-hmm. and like if you bet unders you can't bet an under if a game is lined within a possession like it's just it's it's a bad call because th- these games that come down to the and I got lucky to do it last night because you that can't game
1: can't play and it was lined on on 4 right uh no yeah, 2 two, two. It was 2 it was 2 I'm sorry yeah yeah it's a good point because like if a team's supposed to win by 7 and they're up 4 or they're up 10 either way you're screwed yes you know and and at least like if a team's favored by 10 they can blow them out and you can get a quiet end game and the likelihood that a, an
0: under team is also going to be a blowout team, like Virginia two or three years ago, that was an under team that would blow teams out because you just mm-hmm. couldn't score against them. N- nobody else like that doesn't exist. Like you can't if you're playing unders, you better hope that, that it's so uh, it's not close at the end.
1: So I'm gonna I'm gonna force you. To one, we're gonna have to bet honor against one of these four teams every game. Which pick a team, and or we're gonna bet honor against them. Uh. I think
0: it'd be against Michigan.
1: Okay, we're gonna fade Michigan. I agree with that. That that certainly makes sense, especially with all the personnel they lost, and now they're missing their head coach. That you would think that that would be. Although I wonder if
0: that's going to be built into the line, and because I I doubt it. I I doubt it. And here's the thing: if you say, "Oh, they were without their coach," Phil Martelli's a really good, experienced coach. So it's not like they don't like the guy at the end of the bench now is is not ready to be a head coach. Is a guy who's been like ninety. I don't know how Saint old he Joe's is. Forever, he right? was there for a long time. I don't know how he old he is. He looks a little
1: bit like Alan Boston, and I know Alan Boston loves him. And I always wonder, does he love him because he's a great coach, or does he love he's, him because he's like his second cousin? He's
0: only 67. Ooh. Ooh, what's that
1: mean? He looks older. Well, yeah, he's, hey, listen, he's Maybe not. Maybe it's just like, it seems like he's been on the sidelines. College it. basketball age you, sir. He and John Chaney were, seemed like they were you know forever. <laughs> I don't know. Going against each other.
0: Uh, <sighs> all right. Hey, McKinsey brought up a good point, And I'll ask you because you're you're the expert on this aspect of things. If you're playing futures odds, is it do you think it's better to play mechanical parlays always or are there exceptions? Always.
1: The always the only exception to it is when you get a team that's absolutely dominant. Example, Golden State Warriors, like the year that Golden State was like a minus 200 favorite. Um, if you mechanically parlay them, what good does it do when they're like risk 40 to win a dollar in a round right. one? So absent that, yes. So you, you you just bet them in the first, if you love a team, you think they're undervalued, you just keep betting them. And one of the guys gets hurt or you don't like them as much, then, you know, you, ultimately you can cash out. So if you've got a situation like Gonzaga, and then all of a sudden they're playing Baylor and you don't like them anymore. You guess what? You probably have already made the money you would have made if you would have bet on them. Um, I will say this. The number one terrible piece of advice everyone gives, oh, I'll take a flyer on this undervalued team. I'm trying to give me an example of a six seed that people will say, oh, that this team's peaking. They're playing really well. I want to get on them. Uh, maybe a Texas or somebody.
0: Uh, well, Texas isn't playing really well right now. Arkansas.
1: Yeah, exactly. So let me back muscleman. those guys are kicking ass, all right. Uh, and it's true, Arkansas is on the come and playing really well. Um, but still, if and they're like you could, all you got to do is make them make the Sweet Sixteen, and you can you can earn off of it and make a profit. The problem is you don't make much of a profit, believe it or not, because they're going to be still playing really good teams also. And guess what? It's not such a lock that Arkansas is going to make the Sweet Sixteen because they're going to be a two point favorite. If they're like a, what are they going to be, a four seed, a five seed?
0: Arkansas is probably a six seed right now.
1: Okay. But if they move up to a five and they play a four at most, they're going to be a one point favorite in that game. And so they're only 50 50 to make the Sweet 16. And that's that's giving them a win in the first round, which is generous. And so to say, oh, then I I can lock in a 20% profit if my 50 per 50 bet wins, it's just so asinine on every level.
0: So if you look at Gonzaga this year, who the closest thing to a, a dominant team, they're probably about a five-point favorite on a neutral over anybody if the tournament started today. Mm-hmm. So do they? St-
1: what, what are they? Four to one, though.
0: Uh, they're yeah, plus four hundred. Mm-hmm. So so if if you say it's probably close, okay. on, on Gonzaga, but you're probably still going to do better. You if if you bet mechanically, you need to hope that they play Kentucky and then Arizona in the final four. You need them to play two really good teams. That's to, right. For to make the money, right?
1: That, that's right. Whereas if there's a whole lot of upsets, then Um, You're going to do worse. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: And I think there are teams that play, generally play closer games. Like, Gonzaga is a blowout team. Arizona is a blowout team. Texas Tech is a grind team. Like, they, they suffocate you and beat you that way. You'll probably get closer point spreads. And maybe, though, like, if so, which means you'll get better money line prices. Mm-hmm. So a, a Texas Tech would be a really good team to do a mechanical parlay with.
1: Yeah, and I still go back to, like, I don't care about This is all documented in Stanford Wong's book, um, Sharp Sports Betting. If a six plays a three, you know, you just assume the six is going to be a two-point underdog. You know, it, it, it's close enough. You know, it, I don't care if, they're, if they uh, run. I don't care if they grind it out. It's that—that's just how the math works, and they and, and he prices out like the probability of three, a one, a two, a three, a four makes the final four, and su- surprisingly accurate. You know, when you look at all that.
0: Well, let's look at some NBA schedule stuff.
1: Okay, one more. I'm, I'm, I, I, I got one college basketball. Oh yeah, bring it on. Providence. I think Providence. And you like it, Providence, the, huh? The, but part of the problem, I I don't like Providence. But part of the problem is, it's like, uh, Gordon Gecko saying, "The word is out, pal." Providence is no good your union boys are talking. Providence is 22 and 3. They're 13 and 1 in games decided by 8 points or less. They are the luckiest team in the world. My god, this team like just like finds ways to win. I refuse to believe it's all that they are clutch.
0: Yeah, and I mean, they keep every close game that feels like they find a way. Uh, Two of their three losses were blowouts. They lost to Virginia by 18. They lost to Marquette by 32. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Villanova beat them at home by five, uh, which was they covered the spread. So and Vill-
1: Villanova had the lead in. The, yeah, most they, of that they were second they, half. they were the better They're team. Con- they were in control. Uh, so it got but close.
0: Every other game, it's like, well, they, they win by two, win by three, win by one, uh, win by one in overtime. Butler. this weekend against Butler, a ba- lost
1: a, by a zillion. The game.
0: Before. A bad <laughs> Butler team, um, but th- there is something to teams that keep finding ways to win, keep winning. And I'm not saying this is the gospel, but Ken Palm, the analytics of Ken Palm are pretty pretty sharp. And the fact that Providence is 22 and three, they play in a power conference, and they are ranked 46th in Ken Pom should tell
1: you something. But the, you know, when the when the college kids hit spring break and they see Providence is 22 and three um, in the second round, and they're only minus one, you know, and they're probably going to be a three seed. Because I mean, it might be
0: a two. The, the, it could be, yeah. I mean, well, they, I think they'd have to win the Big East tournament to be. But a they're going to be
1: the one seed. There's three good teams in the Big East, right? So they they they're going to have to beat Connecticut or well, they're not going to beat Villanova is the problem unless Villanova. Yeah, is,
0: it's not I two. mean, Connecticut, Villanova. I think you you can make an argument. Creighton's pretty good. Mm. Uh, Marquette, d- depending on the day. Seton Hall, depending
1: on the day, but. Oh. It, I, I do have if Marquette should happen to play Creighton again, they're zero and two against Creighton, mm-hmm. and I saw the Marquette Creighton game and Marquette easily oh, they got a miracle cover, but they easily could have won the game. And then they got down four late, so that's one I'll circle. You're hoping that they play in the tournament, yeah, with double revenge, and, and it certainly um, Marquette can can beat Creighton. Yep.
0: The, yeah, the 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 teams that are, that that struggle against Creighton are teams that that can't shoot, mm. and Marquette can shoot because it's hard, It's really hard to score inside against Creighton. Did you see
1: how they covered? Today they did? Uh, yesterday. They threw in uh, they, were, they got down four, Marquette did, and there was like 1.3 seconds left and a guy did a catch the pass and, and jump forward, try to get fouled and throw the ball against the backboard, which I'm surprised the backboard didn't shatter. Who were they playing yesterday? When... They were, Creighton was playing Marquette. Creighton was Oh, that playing. was Sunday. Oh, it was Sunday. Yeah, I, all the days. Oh, playing. you're running together. All the days, days just merged together. But yeah, yeah so lands <laughs> one. Yes. Okay, yeah. What's today now? Wait, is it Christmas?
0: Today's Wednesday, Fez. <laughs> today is
1: Wednesday. Uh-huh. So... Uh, yeah, we, it, all I do is live wager all these games. It's all a blur. It's like I I I, 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 I like I can't name a player, even though I've watched like 18 minutes of of, of action, and you know.
0: yeah. Yeah, puts it up here. Uh, Providence 46th and Ken Palm 21st best title odds. So the word the word is basically out on them that they're. They're no good, but they're the people, like you said, the people who show up first weekend of, of the tournament in Vegas, and they're looking for teams that they want to bet on. And that's the team that people will and bet maybe on. Maybe
1: they kick ass in the first round and look good by some miracle. Maybe they get maybe they get a bad team, and and, and then maybe they run into Arkansas in the second round. Yes, <laughs> so it's so, a, we can, so we can watch. Who muscle. will we fade then? Then we can watch Muscleman strip after he makes the Sweet Sixteen again. Everybody likes that. Who will we
0: fade? Down. Yes, uh, but yeah, some teams that are around Providence. In the uh, in the analytics, Oklahoma, who's probably not a tournament team, mm-hmm. raked ahead of them. Dayton, probably not a tournament team unless they win the A10, uh, ranked ahead of them. And then Indiana's just behind them. Indiana's clearly not a tournament team. Mm-hmm. So they, there's some there's not much respect.
1: Might be a little value with Indiana. The only reason I say that is they suspended five guys. And that was against Northwestern that yeah they lost that game and they, they they lost by eight and then they um they had Ohio State's number and somehow they lose in overtime and don't even cover so there's two asterisk games and the, the they have four well they've lost Indiana. five
0: in a row they haven't they haven't won since the night out that might, they had the quote be, unquote night might, out the,
1: the buy sign might be blinking soon on the Hoosiers okay well okay. you can
0: get them tomorrow uh they are home against Maryland. Maryland Ooh, on the
1: road. Bad road team. Pretty Maryland. bad.
0: Pretty pretty bad. So I, I just don't. And, but Indy minus four? I would bet six, but uh, that line. It, and that'll be Thursday. Yeah, that, that's tomorrow, right?
4: It is, but for the
0: listeners, it's Oh, today. For, for Fez also, who, th- who thinks <laughs> yesterday was Sunday. <laughs> it
1: might be Tuesday. Now, when are taxes due?
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't pay taxes. What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was right. Minus six is the, okay, uh, the current you. spread. So
1: Outstanding. Little So it looks a little pricey. Okay. Um, so that's uh, just Providence is the one team. I want no part of Providence.
0: You want no part of them? Like, I want you no part.
1: I want to go against them. I'm even, oh, okay, though, okay. Thought... even though Ken Palm is telling everyone you're still what against I'm saying, them. I, I, they, but they... I think
4: it's telling the market hasn't caught up. I mean, they should be the 40th or worse to win mm. the title, and people think they're the 20th. Well, they so... get an
1: easier path though,
4: McKenzie. That makes sense. Good point. So... But
0: they were only they were like a two point, two and a half point uh dog to Villanova. Like, I, I. I... Who Villanova, not a great record, but Villanova's good though. They're twenty one and seven. They just lost to Gillespie
1: to Do, was out for one of their losses.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So but they I think Villanova's still a, a they're still a title contender. Connecticut was a miracle win, right? So whenever I see like a team losing games
1: they should win, that's my kind of team.
0: There was some let's just call it some shaky officiating that went Connecticut's way. That's fine. And of course Connecticut's coach who's like the biggest asshole Dan Hurley. He got ejected from the game mm-hmm. like cuz that's what he does. He doesn't get a call and then he starts flipping tables and then you this know. This
1: man knows his basketball. You can you can you can see not not the coach you.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I know more than AJ Dan Hurley. Knows, I know AJ I know Dan Hurley. Basketball. That ain't the way
1: to do it, Dan. Maybe it is the way to do it.
0: Maybe so. Uh, Providence looking at their remaining schedule. I'm curious to see what the what kind of numbers. Well, they're
1: playing the X Men tonight, so
0: the, after after this game, they get Creighton at home. They'll be about a five point favorite this weekend, and then they get Nova on the road, Ooh. where could get ugly. They'll probably be a ten point dog ish. So I'll go I'll
1: go under on ten. Okay, refuse to believe that that, that Nova going to be laying ten. That's a that's a dinner bet. Okay, we're going to Ellis Island. All right, you can have lots of ribs. All right, let's get into let's get into some uh, some NBA. Let's do it. Why don't we talk? You know, NBA is at an interesting point in time because some books actually have season win numbers up um, during the NBA break, even though there's only like 23 games left. So I am actually looking to make some NBA uh, bets at this point in time. And I have, actually have a best bet, early pod best bet Ooh. on an NBA season win. If I well, I, I guess I might put it at the end of the pod, but I'm going to go ahead and give it Let's do it. Now. This
0: is going to be the end of the pod. Let's do it.
1: All right. Let's do best bet. Memphis over 53 and a half. McKenzie's a resident NBA expert. He's going to have to explain this one to me. I'm going to lay out the numbers. So Memphis Don't
0: don't call M- McKenzie's not the resident Memphis uh, expert. I am. You are. I am. He you called know. it
4: over 37 and a half before this season. That was his best bet. I asked
0: one question. I don't I hardly watch the NBA. When I when I lived in Houston, I covered the Rockets. I did it begrudgingly, especially when they stunk. I hated watching it. But I say I Memphis has players that I like. And I said, it, Memphis has to be better than this number. And McKenzie went, eh, eh. He just basically kind
1: of pooed him. McKenzie, turn off your mic. Um, so, AJ, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. So, So the irony is that the most overrated college basketball team, resides in the same city as the most it is irony NBA team and maybe McKenzie could look up there against the spread record for Memphis and how they compare with the with the best teams in the NBA if they are you know I'm sure they're right there by far
4: number 1 40 and 20 against the number
1: Man is on top of it
4: yeah, that's
0: see. not surprising when a team that didn't have expectations coming in is obviously that what are they the 3 seed Let me
4: guess Cleveland number 2 Cleveland is number three. Boom. OKC,
1: despite having a terrible record, somehow is covered <laughs> that is, 64% of the OKC time. is on pace to win 24 and a half games.
0: They're going to cover all more they do. That.
1: All they do is lose close games, apparently. It's un, 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 unbelievable. So Memphis, here's the numbers. They're 41 and 19. Where's... We, RJ, where's the kick? Where's the kick? <laughs> yep, that's over 66%. That is. <laughs> so for me to lose... They need to go 12 and 10. That's 55%. They got to play higher than 55%. And they're winning 67%. Well, they must have a tough schedule. No. McKenzie has the numbers. Where is Memphis in terms of their schedule the rest of the way? Memphis has the third easiest schedule. So that means they probably had a tougher tougher schedule earlier in the year. um, And they won more than two-thirds of their games. And now they have to win 57% of their games. So this is my best bet. Memphis over 53 and a half wins currently. And I bet this today in Vegas minus one Oh five.
0: Where can I get that at MGM? I'm going,
1: they're still in business. The lights are still on the Mara. They've the volcano is still exploding. Um, kind of an underrated sports book. I like the Mandalay Bay. Also, I like Mandalay Bay. It it's is nice. MGM spot. Yes.
0: They, they had a. Uh, I think it's closed now with the COVID. But they had that huge sports book, and then there was the little poker room attached to it.
1: Yes, I I played in that poker. I
0: room. have too. Plenty. That's a nice little. spot Is it open anymore? Or they did it. die? Sure, I,
1: I think it's still open. It Might be on a temporary liaison. You know. Okay. With with with, with COVID and the like. So that is my best bet. And sounds like it has the endorsement system.
0: full endorsement. it probably has mckenzie's endorsement now i think he's a believer now
4: indeed i'm starting to think about this more and more so the grizzlies led the league in points in the paint last year but they've, they've they've grown that gap by a lot it was it was a 2 point gap now it's a 5 point gap between them and the next team in the paint i think it's a situation where the league is doing one thing they're zigging and the grizzlies are zagging and they're just no no other team is ready for it no other team has the bodies of a jackson and a clark Belanche uh, Adams. So I think they they have a great position in this league where I mean you you said it earlier AJ. Is this a title contender? I mean, they have something they bring something to the table that not many other teams can match.
1: You know, another thing I like the motivation. They're game and a half out of the number 2 seed. Golden State's a game and a half up on them. 100. And 100. 100%. I <laughs> I agree with this point. I I, I don't I you know, I, I true that on the lowdown. I I just I don't do lingo, McKenzie come on, brother, <laughs> for shizzle. <laughs> <laughs> True that. So the, the uh, I can, let me get back on track here. That Also, we saw this with Phoenix last year. Young teams that are having a once-in-a-generation uh, result favorable for their city and the like, they never seem to let up. It's like, let me get as many wins as I can and have the very best year I can, whereas more of the savvy – uh, veteran, uh, been to the playoffs multiple times, teams like the Philadelphia type of team, the Boston type of team, they might scale it back, make a business decision, get everybody healthy because they've been there, done that, and it's not as important. Clippers, Lakers.
4: Right. I was going to say, perfect example of this was last year. If Suns go 100% all the way, full effort, Lakers and Clippers are benching players three, four weeks out.
1: Yes, exactly. So that is my best bet. I want to talk about it. And I know McKenzie has some fantastic numbers as well. And so because of that, maybe we'll um, I'll run these by, and Mackenzie, you can say yay or nay. I took a look at overvalued and undervalued teams. And so one of the things I looked at was, and I know you did research as well. Let me talk about, I eyeballed records of teams versus point differential. And they said, whoa, how did a team wind up with this record when their point differential doesn't support it? The three teams I came up with, the Bulls are 38 and 21, but they're only plus two and a half per game. That sure looks like um, a much better record than what we would expect. So I would conclude the Bulls are probably overvalued. Would you agree, Mackenzie?
4: Yes. According to the Pythagorean theorem, first used in the NBA, by the way, by Daryl Morey, Washington number one, Chicago number two. They should be much worse. Their record should be, if you look at their metrics.
1: Oh, so so go ahead and you have Washington even more overvalued. Give me the numbers on Washington. Washington should have won
4: forty percent of their games. They've won forty-seven percent of their games. So that 7% delta. Chicago's right behind them. They've won 64.5% of their games. They should only have won 58%. In other words, they should be four and a half games worse than they are right now.
1: Outstanding. And now I'm going to give two undervalued teams I looked at. So, Indiana, they're 20 and 40. They only win a third of the games. They're only getting outscored by two and a half per game. So, that's. That sure. is
0: surprising.
1: Very, very much. So, I wanted to ask McKenzie, one, do you agree Indiana's undervalued? And, but might that have changed with the trade deadline and some of the things that they did?
4: Yes, the drumbeat out of Indiana all year since Rick Carlisle got there is we're no longer a slow team. We're no longer a Sabonis, Miles Turner-type team. So I think you got to throw the first half of the season out, really, before those trades and really the, te- the, uh, the telling of those trades that these players were sitting out because they were going to be traded. I think if you look at the last month, I think those numbers would line up more, more perfectly where the their Pacers are bad and they're
1: losing. So we even though I've got them undervalued, we do not want to bet Indiana to go over.
4: Yes, especially because they're not gonna make the playoffs. They're more than any other team, they're looking towards next year.
1: And a good basic strategy is never play crappy teams to go over because they tank tank a playoff. Especially in the NBA. In the NBA. I'm just talking NBA here. Exactly. So I would look to avoid that. But you know, one team with a bad record that might be undervalued, the Spurs, they're twenty three and thirty six. But they've actually uh they score the same as their opponents. That they're even plus point one. I don't think minus thirteen and win loss with a positive point differential, that doesn't happen every day, right?
0: That's pretty wild. Um and the Spurs, unlike most teams, I I don't think I, I I don't think that Greg Popovich is gonna be okay with tanking. I think he is going to demand max effort from his guys night in and night out. Spurs are a team I would look to play on. Mm. So and they I mean they're they're not out of the playoff mix and, with and that play in game. And
1: they were a wise guy, darling. Their season win number open twenty eight and a half, closed thirty one in some spots. So the wise guys bet this team before the season started. And they're on pace to win like 33, 34 now. So even with all this bad luck, they're still going over. So maybe this is a team that's just been undervalued all year long. Would you agree, McKenzie?
4: Yeah. I mean, 13 games below 500. Pythagorean theorem, obviously, they're even. They should be you know, six and a half games better than that. <laughs> and also, I just think personnel-wise, they got rid of Derek White. They brought in Josh Richardson, more of a veteran player. I think all the signs say they are going all in to try to make this play-in tournament. And Dejounte Murray, this is his first year. as kind of the star. Just made his first All Star game. I think his, you know, he's an, he's an up arrow as well. Anyone else by the
1: Pythagorean that is undervalued, McKenzie?
4: Yes, number one by far is the Boston Celtics. They should have won seventy percent of their games. They've only won fifty seven percent of their games. They're beating teams by five and a half points per game, but they're met, they're almost a five hundred team. So they're the number one. You mentioned the number two team. That's San Antonio. And number four we mentioned is Indiana. Number three, the Utah Jazz are doing much better, being beating teams by seven points per game. They should be 73% win percentage, only at 62%. And they're a team that's getting healthier. Gobert and Mitchell just came back.
0: Uh, yep. you, you read the top four. The fifth one surprises me, too, because they've obviously exceeded expectations this year already with Cleveland.
4: The fifth is Cleveland Cavaliers. And this one makes more sense to me just because they're such a defensive-minded team. A lot of times it's going to be very close games. Maybe it's just luck. Maybe they've just been a lucky team, but they've won a lot of close games. They seem to be that kind of grinded out, win 105 to 100 type team.
1: Let's talk about luck because now Carlisle's a good coach, Popovich is a great coach, maybe past his prime. Stevens is a great coach. And yet all these guys are underachieving. How is that possible? Shouldn't coaching matter? Stevens by the way um is now the GM of
4: the Celtics. Emea Duque is the coach. I knew I do that. I'm but, 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 you're, but you're you're actually you're pointing out something. Doc Rivers wrote a wrote a piece I think it was for the Players' Tribune where he said, I don't think coaching really matters as far as wins and losses. (laughs) I mean, this is a guy getting paid $7 million a year to do it. But, I mean, he means in season. I mean, you're not going to change the kind of talent that you have. So,
1: I mean, that's Doc Rivers' point. I kind of agree with him. Interesting. So, um, let me ask you about – I took a look at home road splits. So, what teams have had been road warriors, had to play a lot of road games – I would think they'd be undervalued because now they're going to get a bunch of home games and they're going to be, um, the evaluation is going to be how good have they been year to date. So the undervalued teams, this is a team that's been on the road all year long, seemingly Orlando, Miami, Denver, Houston. All those teams are minus six or worse in terms of having to play more road games. Well, I don't want Orlando and I don't want Houston, two tanking teams. Miami and Denver would use... Would would you be those be teams you'd look to back, Mackenzie?
4: Yes. Denver, I'll go back to the, the trend. Since the start of the new year, they're scoring 119 points per possession. That's third in the NBA. So they're an up arrow team. And Denver, best home court advantage in the NBA historically, even better than the Utah Jazz. About a four-point scoring margin differential historically, Denver at home versus Denver on the road. Denver piling up a lot of home games down the stretch. Got to feel good
1: if you're, you're a Denver backer. Rocking and rolling in the Dream Preview. We're talking college basketball. Now we're talking NBA overvalued, undervalued, which we can back up with our wallets with season win. Bats have already bet Memphis over 53 and a half. You got uh, an under? You know, I'm going to ask McKenzie. If he, if he endorses it, I do okay. have an under. Um, in fact, I'll give it right now. New York Knicks under Ooh. 35 and a half wins. You know, I think the Knicks are done. What are
0: they sitting at now?
1: They are, I think they're right 10-ish below five hundred in last place in their division. They just sat Kemba Walker. Not that he really matters, right. but I think it says it speaks volumes about where this team, um, in terms of them looking towards the future. Mackenzie, would you agree the Knickerbockers under, it's a lost season?
4: Yes, 100%. And here's why. Not only did they not play or decide not to play Kemba Walker, they also didn't trade him. So they kept him on their roster, and they said, well, we still want to play younger guys, even if we didn't get the value you thought we might in the trade deadline. So I, I'm I'm very much backer of this play. I think the Knicks kind of had a lot of momentum coming into this year. Now I think they got to start retooling.
1: I just want to see Obi Toppin because he really dunks good. It, Does he? <laughs> well, I mean, he dunked better than everybody else in that
0: stupid contest. Yeah, he did. But here's the question, though. Like, is and i've heard that this is going to happen maybe you you can tell me otherwise is derrick rose expected to be back because that would kind of go against the whole youth movement thing right because i've heard that derrick rose is headed back so i the tough thing for me to to say the knicks are going to like tank the season is they've already won too many games to be a team that could qualify for a, a top pick like they they're I I hate to say they're too good, but they are kind of too good when you compare them to the Rockets or the Magic or the Pistons. So, like, what what do you have to gain by losing a bunch more games here? It seems like you've got more to gain by, you know, you're you're maybe three out of the play three
1: games out of the play in spots. What's there to be gained from getting to the play in spots and just get?
4: They own their own pick. They're currently the ninth worst team. I mean, it wouldn't take that many losses to jump up to fourth or fifth. You'd have to ask a a draft expert how much that. You know, marginal value that gains you, but there's there's some there's some movement to be made. Obi Toppin, did, does he even play? Like, does he get into games for the Knicks? Not but, that much. No, if they're up by forty, that's the, that's when you turn on
1: the Knicks. Or if they're down by forty, because Obi Toppin might excite you.
0: That's unfortunate. <laughs> that is unfortunate.
1: Single handedly led Dayton to what would have been a number one seed. Dude, he
0: was so great at Dayton.
1: My, he was. God, a, he was, was fun to watch. Machine. Yeah, he, he he made dunks during the games. Yeah, that were that would have won the dunk contest. Uh, overvalued teams. Golden State's had seven more home games. Portland, a team that's tanking, has had five more home games. I could only look under both those teams. I think Portland's thirty-four and a half, and Golden State is. Um, I gotta look up. Then let me take a look. Maybe, uh, maybe you could comment on what you think. Fifty-five and a half. Fifty. Thank you. Do
0: you factor in that the Warriors are expected to get Draymond back? They're expected to get James Wiseman back. Like, does their personnel coming back mm, good make up for? any scheduling luck that they've had so far. And
1: they get to play against all these on the road. They might be playing a bunch of teams that don't even care if they win. And there's
0: no, I mean, I shouldn't say there's no Phoenix, but Phoenix is now weak in front of them. Golden State could like, they could conceivably be the one
4: seed. They're too far behind. I think it's I mean, they have about a 10% chance by the odds. It's plus 700 that the Warriors win Pacific minus 800 that the Suns keep
1: keep on to it. You see, I like what McKenzie did. We're going to pull back the curtain here. So the odds are um, minus 800 plus 700. So the no vig would be minus 750 plus 750. So that would imply like a 13% chance. But what McKenzie did is he made 10% because he knows no one wants to tie up their money laying a minus 800. So the true odds are probably more like minus 1,000. It's just why would you want to like, I know you're tying up your money for just a small period mm-hmm. of time, but uh, who wants to lay, you know, minus 800 on anything? that Especially yeah, when it resolve. goes against
4: the story that people are talking about, Chris yes, Ball out.
1: Yeah, so I, so I agree with you. I think 10% is a real fine number there. Beautiful. Hmm. I was um, thinking
0: maybe there was value on the Warriors, but that goes to show what I know.
4: it's um, it just too fa- far behind. Yeah, the fact the Suns have the fifth easiest schedule, I think, was yeah. the last draw for that. Because I looked at the
1: Warriors, too, thinking the same Everyone thing. Everyone knows the Phillies, like, like blew a six-and-a-half um, game lead with 10 to play. But that's like, that never happens. And it happens in baseball because teams have to play each other six out of seven times, you know, in one week. Yeah, but, I mean, with
0: when you've got 25 games left, you don't think they can make up six games? No. Okay.
1: No, because, well, like, if you look at it, what if, um uh, let's say Phoenix stinks and they win 15, they go 15 and 10. Now okay. you got to go 22 and 3.
0: Do yeah, you really want to
1: kill yourself to go 22 and 3 and, and risk injury?
0: No, you know? no, you're
1: right. Uh, let's talk about how betters are dumb.
0: We talked about this in
1: the Focus Pod, All Star Game. So, what do we see? What's the number one thing we tend to see in an NFL All Star Game or an NBA All Star Game? The total. What direction does, does the total move?
0: Up, up, up.
1: One one way freight it's like, train.
0: It's like the anti Army Navy under.
1: It it, it is. <laughs> so every Army Navy game opens. And whatever the opener is, it closes four points yeah. lower. Next something. next year it'll be like nineteen, and people will bet under. Write this, write this <laughs> down, archive this. I will predict someone is going to open the Army Navy game next year at thirty nine, and it will close thirty five. Okay? okay, so noted.
4: It, we have it written down for the record book.
1: That's um. And, As it, official, is that your official projection? That's for my next official projection, and I okay. know that there was like you know ten people forget ten years ago Army Navy oh, opened you, fifty and it would close 45. What's your projection that it that it opens this time? 39 closes 35. Just I understand that it, went, it was even lower this it year was, but it opened under 35 this remember, year. But remember these teams like like at some point maybe didn't have a quarterback all year long. So yeah. they might find a quarterback and that's going to rise the tide of the number, you know. And, and, 39 seems high to me. That's why it's going to close <laughs> 35. Yeah, you, you might be right. Um but uh, bottom line is it's spot on people are gonna bet the over, so they, that happened. I, I got this number wrong by like 100, you know, in past pods, so let me see if I can get it right. So it opened 320, it closed 325, it landed 323. If you lost betting this total, you stink at this. You're no good. You know what? Stop betting sports. Stop even, you know, don't even buy my stuff because you're just so <laughs> bad at this that you're not going to win even if I give you the winning selections because you're going to just wait till game day and play one of my winners, lose by half point and bitch about how you, you lost. When, <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to say everybody else won. Everyone else caught plus three and you bet plus two. Bet when I released the number. I'm being hypercritical, but it really is true. You gotta win the games that land on the number that have the good story, obvious line moves like this.
0: Yeah, that's uh you you say all the time, if you if you were if you were working for a syndicate and one of your new guys went and said, Hey, I got you three twenty-five. Hey,
1: I or, or you know what they do? They'd say, Hey, I got I I crushed the market. I got I got over three twenty-four and there's <laughs> and it's over three twenty-five, lay a dollar fourteen a pinnacle. And it's, and I just I literally I'd be like, What the f- are you doing?
0: You're fired.
1: Every single you're fired. Every single Dumbo is betting over on game day, including guess what? Dumbo's have they say in poker, you know, bad players get aces also. Dumbo's bet at Pinnacle also, you know. <laughs> they have bad bettors at Pinnacle that make max bets that the auto move moves, you know, because at some point they become out, you know, out of balance. So let
4: me ask you about mechanics real quick. Obviously, everyone that opened bet the opener at 319, 321. But I noticed it was 325 and a half about an hour before tip off. Crash to 324 and a half. Literally, when is the second? If you want to bet the under, what are you looking for? Are you looking for the
1: first number to drop? Or how do you try to gauge when it is the time to strike? It, it's a game of chicken, Mackenzie. It's like you're constantly refreshing the minus 105 accounts. So I have one that's like, um, and, and I got an under 325 and a half minus 05, okay? And what's interesting, so I finally, I, I actually hit this, all right? And then I'm looking, and there's it's, there's 325 and a half all over the place. What's this? William Hill. They take big bets now. That went to 325. I'm like, mm, that's interesting. You know, they take plenty of square action the other way. But they went to 325. And then I'm looking at this, like, little book I have that's minus 106. And that book went down to 324 and a half. And all of a sudden, it was like um, uh, the word got out. Because within 10 minutes, half the books flopped down to 324 and a half. But you still could get 325. And that's why in your arsenal, these apps have low limits, but it really helps to have a Boyd property, a golden nugget access, um, win station, places like that, because it's not unusual that you will you can see something drop to 324. You still get the 325 at those square books. And they're rooting for you to win. They're not going to bar you for making bets like that. Right. Because you're just help bal- helping balance them out. Makes a lot of sense.
0: All right, Fez, so before we get out of here, your two best bets are? Memphis over
1: 53-and-a-half wins. Full
0: endorsement from me, the resident Memphis Grizzlies expert.
1: And the OB Toppin-led on the bench. New York (laughs) Knicks under 35-and-a-half wins.
0: Maybe they start playing OB. Let's see what you got in him, man. Get him out on the floor,
1: guys. What's wrong with you? You've got a dunk contest specialist Uh, as well. All right, that is going
0: to do it. Uh, Appreciate all of you guys listening, and... subscribe 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 not only this episode Fez and I did the Fezic focus pod earlier today you can get that the golf pods the NBA pods college basketball every Thursday and Sunday we appreciate you guys support we appreciate you listening and we will talk to you next week